Hi, uh, I'm Saleh. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 31 of Shades of Brown. Uh, and this week, we're starting off with some Microsoft news from, uh, from Gamescom, I suppose. Uh, the Xbox One X uh, is, is they outlined the upgrade procedures for the Xbox One X and also announced a pre-order for a limited project uh, Scorpio edition. So Christian, can you, can you tell us a bit about it? Uh, well, well, firstly, we got to do the we got to talk about the upgrade procedure, right? So essentially, it's um, if you have like an external hard drive where you store your games, anyways, you're like eighty percent of the way there. There's going to be an app you download that uh, from the Windows Store that'll just let you uh, move some settings onto that external hard drive as well, and then you just plug in the external into the One X, and you can um, copy over your profiles, save data, and since games are already on the external, right, it'll just load them from there. If you don't have an external, you can, however, um, turn on a network transfer feature. Uh, I believe the PS4 has that. And also, as well, it'll allow you to preload 4K assets. So say, for example, right, like you order your Xbox One, it's in the mail, and then you like, on your, on your regular Xbox, you can um, tell it to download the 4K assets for all of the games that support it. And then when you, they'll be ready to play in 4K when you... Uh, plug in your external into your uh, new Xbox One X. So the uh, network transfer feature, I'm curious about how that part uh, actually works. So uh, if you don't have an external, uh, if you don't use an external drive, then that's probably the method you want to use. Uh, you, you'd probably have to use uh, if you don't want to re-download all your games from the internet. Uh, I, I would imagine if, it, if both Xboxes have to be on the wired, uh, have to be connected via wired uh, ethernet uh, to your LAN, and then uh, they'll figure that out automatically and transfer data. So imagine. Um, it doesn't say that. No, it doesn't the, specify in the screenshot. Yeah, it doesn't. Sp- I, I think I think it lets you do it over Wi-Fi. Maybe, maybe, maybe it will let you do it over Wi-Fi, but it'll probably recommend you connect it or connect it to uh, Ethernet port uh, for that fast, fast uh, gigabit transfer uh, that you'll probably get. Uh, which is cool. This is this extremely cool because uh, ex- the games are really big, and you don't want like somebody buying a new console and then burning out their cap because they have to download uh, every single game that they play. And uh, because uh, I know Christian has a lot of games on his uh, <laughs> Xbox One, and uh, I'm certain he doesn't want to re-download. Uh, yeah, it's. I have like a two terabyte external, and I have 500 gigs internal. Right, I have because the issue is right with Xbox Live gold they give you like four games for each month um 360 ones you can keep even if you don't subscribe to gold anymore and uh with the xbox one games it's just a license you have to be subscribed to use it which is fine but i essentially have i want to say around 250 ish games on my xbox right now like almost just under two and a half terabytes being used um do i play any of them no uh do i want to delete them not really because then i have to redownload them right so it's nice it's nice that i don't have to deal with that but also as well, there's the uh, the Scorpio edition. Uh, that's a pre-order only one. You, there's a be Amazon link for it in the show notes, um, along with some other with links to all the other things we talk about. And it's uh, the same price as the Xbox One X. It's four ninety nine in the US at the very least. But it has a custom uh, controller that um, instead of a regular Xbox controller, it's a black on black scheme. So it looks it doesn't look that different, but the buttons would be a uh, like a dark gray instead of the colored buttons on a black and it says project scorpio down the middle of it um i believe there's like a little grip on the back it's a darker black than using the regular ones 
And for the device itself, it has a custom vertical stand, a uh, custom etching onto the side of the console, and it says Project Scorpio as well um, on the front of the console. I think it looks nice. It's like a little black stealth box. Uh, you know, we, we usually say don't pre-order games, but it's okay. It's okay to pre-order hardware, in my opinion. Yes, uh, especially uh, because hardware, well, there is the, like, these these are supposedly limited edition uh, Project Scorpio. Uh, Project Scorpio. So I imagine they're not going to be making another run of these uh, after the initial uh, run is done. So uh, if you, if you want to like pre-order the Xbox One X, like you'd probably get this one because you know it looks like unless, unless this this doesn't like fit your aesthetic or whatever, uh, it's this this is like this this is extremely my aesthetic, but uh, I don't see why I needed another Xbox One uh, right now. Uh, so 4K and or well for me for me it's the frame rate increase right because I'm not going to download 4K assets because I don't I I'm going to turn off the super sampling. I'm going to have it, because they're giving you the option, right? I believe that. It's like with the PS4. It's, you can either have games run in 4K or 1080p super sampled down from 4K, or you can just have 1080p with uh, 60 frames per second where, where it offers it. And I'd much rather just force a, a frame rate increase in all of my games instead of uh, getting an asset size bump. Right. So on the PS4, uh, on, it depends on the game, but uh, for first-party uh, exclusives like... Uh... Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, what 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 in the options menu uh, there is an option for performance mode, where uh, it like it reduces some of the graphical fidelity, but you get sixty frames, uh, or you can you can get the graphical fidelity mode where it's it's thirty frames, but you get more uh, graphical sort of uh, like the gra- the graphics are turned up, so the more of the options are turned on, which which is the compromise you probably. Like you want the frame rate or you want the graphics. Uh, that's probably as much option as you're going to get on consoles right now. Oh, they also released a list of games that were going to be uh, updated with um, Xbox One X support. And now I don't, they didn't specify if that was just an asset size bump, right? It's 4K assets. Or if it was going to be a performance one. I want to say that from most of what Microsoft has been talking about, it seems like they're going to be doing both for most games, right? So, like, for example, Halo doesn't really need a performance bump because it runs at 60 anyways, but for a game like Forza Horizon 3, which is on the list of games that are going to be Xbox One enhanced, it's definitely be useful for it to get, to be able to run at 60 frames at 1080p or maybe, like, 4K 30. Yeah, Forza Horizon 3 would look, uh, with, with it performs, like, I played on a PC and I run it, uh, Regarding last performance patch, it, 60 frames per second is extremely like performant and it's uh, smooth and there's no jank. Uh, and I would love to see that on the P- on, on the Xbox as well on the new X on Xbox One X because uh, Forza Horizon Three at 60 FPS is significantly different from uh, like it feels much smoother and it feels much nicer. Uh, like the cars interact, like uh, the response time, like you know, it feels much nicer to drive around. Uh, so it's it's it'll be nice to see Forza Horizon three at uh, sixty frames. Uh, there's a lot of games on the list. I would imagine the first party games are gonna get better treatment than the third party games, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how, how how it works out when they all, all uh, update their games to support the Xbox One X. So moving on from uh, Microsoft, we have a lot of phone news uh, this week, a lot of phone-related sort of news. We're going to start off with uh, the next version of Android uh, got announced, Android 8, uh, nickname Oreo Christian. 
I believe you had some discussion uh, about about the name. Do you do you think that the Oreo used in the promotional video is a regular Oreo or an Oreo thin? I you know you know I'm gonna be up a, a real upfront here. I don't eat Oreos. I don't really uh, eat like I I don't even remember the last time I ever actually had one because I don't really like them that much. So I'm gonna have to pass on that question. You're dead to me. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> That's, uh, how do you not? I mean, Oreos are so good. Like I, like oh my, we're having a we're having a hashtag discourse on Oreos right now because Oreos are a delicious snack. You know, maybe not all the time. Like, like I get it. Like Oreos, you don't eat Oreos. You have to be in the mood for Oreos, and that's fine. That's perfectly acceptable. Like you know, Oreos are great. Oreo thins are. Um, shouldn't exist because they cost the same as regular Oreos, but you get less cream. And why would you ever want to do that to yourself? You're not fooling anyone. You're still eating Oreos, right? <laughs> uh, double stuff, you know, makes sense because sometimes it's, double stuff can be too much. You know, sometimes you want a little more of the mega stuff, whatever they call them nowadays. But then there's like special flavored Oreos, right? Like sometimes they're hit, sometimes there's miss. Uh, there's a YouTuber, uh, Lamar Wilson. He used to use tech videos. I think he still does, but he also reviews Oreos. And um, there's like for Easter. Do you know what a peep is? No. You you you, I've, you have seen them in your lifetime. Don't do this to me, Sag. They are the they are the colored marshmallow bunnies. I no, I really don't. No, I have no recollection of, of something like that. So, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Well, regardless, they have um, Oreo flavored peeps. Those are gross, but there's like a Mississippi. Mississippi mud pie Oreos. Those ones are good. Red velvet ones are good. The birthday cake ones are a little disappointing. Um, I hope like with the Kit Kats, because I know with the Kit Kats, if you tried really hard, you can get one of the, you're able to get one of the Android uh, one looking Kit Kats, I believe. I might be wrong on that. I remember one dessert that Google is actually, that they partnered with, that you're able to actually buy them in stores for a little bit. There's like a small shipments, but you're able to find them. I think it was Kit Kat. Yeah, so hopefully they uh, put out some Oreo branded uh, or some Android branded Oreos just to just because I think it'd be interesting. Uh, but that, that then again, that's hashtag blatant consumerism um, at static, not me. But Oreos are good. Just saying some some of them are hit and miss. Uh, Oreo, you know, it's, it's it makes sense. Kit Kat doesn't experiment as much as like Oreo does or Nabisco, the parent company, because it like Oreo and Google are a good mix together because like like Google, Oreo likes to uh, sometimes just throw shit against the wall and see what sticks, right? Like, there's so many weird flavors of Oreos that come out, like that Peep one, which Peeps are gross, by the way. Like, I wasn't, that earlier, that wasn't an endorsement of Peeps. You don't eat Peeps. Peeps are disgusting. They're literally just, like, fluffed up sugar that with food coloring. Like, it's not a real food. Um, but there's some good Oreos that stick. You know, Google does that sometimes, too, right? You know, like, the Nexus Q? LOL, right? Like, that's a doorstop. Like, no, but like the pixel is good. So I support this naming. I support this partnership. Um, and uh, and we maybe we should talk about yes, features. Yes, I was I was going to get to that. Uh, the Oreo naming scheme aside, uh, whatever you think of Oreos, uh, enjoy yourself. But the the features that are coming with Android eight point uh, some of the big stuff is the notification panel is getting a big revamp. Uh, new new layout, new colors, new features like uh, snoozing. I guess uh, snoozing is the notification, so it comes back later. 
Uh, also, Google is uh, clamping down on uh, background apps for uh, better better performance and better battery life. There's also new updatable emoji, as we uh, did a few episodes ago. There's also faster startup time, new settings menu and stuff, and plenty of security enhancements with the new Google Play Protect uh, malware system. And also, uh, most importantly, is the Project Tremble thing that we talked about a couple episodes back is, is coming to everybody but uh which is a uh, modularization of the os away from the hardware uh, we'll see if that actually brings us in uh, results uh the uh, system images for android 8.0 for the pixel devices and the nexus 5x nexus 6p and nexus player uh are out and does anybody even have a nexus player i don't know but uh, my aunt has mine i gave it to her i don't own my nexus player anymore because i was about to be like wait a minute i should go download this and i'm like oh i don't own that anymore I gave it to a family member. Um, Next player was not a good device, but actually, you know, what? Wh- how do? You, what do you think about Android? Like, like let's let's take a let's just step back from the Android eight news for a minute. Like, because the last time me and you both used actually use Android was Android four, early five, right? I we both switched the, to iOS. The last Android device uh, that I bought and I used until I switched to iPhone six was the Nexus five. And what version was that running when you switched to iOS? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Was that KitKat? No, that was Marshmallow, I think. Uh, the last. But like it was before Android went 100% material, right? That me and you both switched. I mean, to it iOS. was mostly material by the time as like there was there was a lot of stuff that's like that was. Material. It was in the transition period. Yeah, right? it was in the transition period still, but a lot of stuff was still material, and I thought it was an interesting uh, change, like interesting sort of design. Uh, it's it's certainly like unified a lot of things, especially uh, among the Google apps, even even some of the third party apps that were switching to sort of more material focused uh, design. I thought that was a that was a good start towards like sort of making the Android experience a little bit smoother, more nicer. Uh, and Android, I think at this point, I think is is in a really good spot, uh, especially with the Pixel devices. Uh, if uh, Pixel devices are are really good like from what i've read from reviews and for people who have them uh they're they're excellent devices and uh like excellent cameras the os is like really good like android at this point is, is in a really good state i think yeah it's very it's getting very ios-y in the best ways it's like interesting right because ios is slowly opening up more and more uh while android is closing down because as of right now right the apps permission system is essentially what apple is doing um if he has a legacy stuff, some apps can still get around it. But if you're building a new app for the latest API version, you have to conform to Google standards out, right? You can't go around and start scraping data or scraping information without user's consent. You have to go uh, through the modal dialogues and all the permission stuff that Google now has in place, where uh, I think older apps in the Play Store that are built from older API versions just for compatibility can still get around that. But as well, I think... So I I, uh, I don't think I've talked about it on the show, but I bought a phone a while back. Uh, I, I call it shit phone. It is a Samsung Express 3 or also a Galaxy J3 uh, outside the US. It is a prepaid AT&T phone. It, um, I think, usually runs for like $20. I got it on clearance for $5 because I was like, I walked into the store and I was like, you know, how bad can Android be for $5? And it's actually kind of good. Like, this device has a quad-core processor, a gig of RAM, an 800 by 480 screen that's AMOLED. 
And now, while things aren't sm- fluid, it's smooth, if you understand what I mean, right? Like, it's it's definitely 30 frames per second. might drop occasionally if too much is going on, but nothing's ever ever feels slow. Yeah, I think Android's, uh, Android on lower-end phones has improved. Like, I... Uh... I mean, there's there are a lot of uh, Google has been focusing on the lower end of the Android spectrum, uh, uh, especially in emerging markets uh, like India. Obviously, is a big focus of theirs. Uh, so, like Android as a whole, I think is, is more performant on on low, uh, lower end devices than it was back when the Nexus Five was a thing. Uh, so that's good. That's good to hear. Like that, that is important. So it, it benefits lower end devices, but it also benefits higher end devices. Yeah, because it trickles up, right? But like I think I think maybe maybe we just shit out Google too much. I just wanna, you know, bring some positive stuff. Because at the end of the day, a Chromebook and an Android phone is actually they're 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 pretty good computing platforms, right? Like for all the for all the shit we may talk about material design and all the personal squandries I have with uh some of Google's design choices, uh Android Oreo really looks like a stable, a very good release. They're bringing some good platform changes. I think that they're biding time until they do something big. It may not be the next release of Android, but I feel like sooner or later there's going to be some huge change because all the work Google's been doing is in the back end stuff, and that's not the downplay, right? Because at the end of the day, project trouble, compartmentalizing uh, the system frameworks and stuff, that's a lot of work. And that, they're essentially, right, like just kind of... Because you have to think about it for, uh, for our listeners, right? It's, they're, they're essentially taking Linux, right, where everything's kind of a blob just thrown together in the Linux kernel, and they're essentially compartmentalizing it, right? So, like, I believe, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've used Linux, when it comes to drivers and stuff, those are essentially kernel extensions that you build with the kernel, and or they're usually thrown into blobs that aren't easily separated from the rest of the sub, of, like, the lower lower system, right? So, so with, with Linux, um, Android is a bit special, but uh, with uh, Linux, uh, I mean, it still uses the same kernel most... But uh, the Linux kernel system has two ways of uh, handling what we call modules. Uh, you can either load modules separately into the kernel. Uh, you can have separate module blobs, which is what Android would use because uh, you can't really build them into the kernel. Uh, that's the other method where you have the modules built into the kernel and you don't load anything. Uh, I, I would imagine Android uses the latter uh, method of uh, having like uh, blobs uh, from third-party manufacturers for loading stuff like uh, device drivers for the uh, for the modems and the various other uh, proprietary hardware stuff in there. So, so I would imagine they're loading modules. I I don't I I really don't know the technical parts of uh, what Project Trouble is actually doing. Is it working with manufa- with uh, companies like Qualcomm and uh, other like MediaTek to sort of like make the process more streamlined, getting uh, chip processor like firmware updates and whatnot get get those faster get those smoother get have a have a proper pipeline for those uh, stuff like that so, so maybe just maybe a lot of bureaucracy uh, with the technical stuff so this week's patron that you should support is luca green sheets page he creates Creative Commons music, videos, and other art. Supporting him grants you early access to new music and other things he creates. His music ranges from electronic breakbeats via sonic drama collage to ambient old dark drone and noise. He also shares tools and hacks for others to use to help create content of their own. You can find his Patreon page at patreon.com slash That's patreon.com slash L-U-K-A. 
P-R-I-N-C-I-C. Back to the show. So our next topic, we're going to look at the uh, the Essential phone, which actually shipped. <laughs> it's been like, what? I think it got delayed twice. I know we talked about it a little bit on a couple episodes back, but now it's shipping and our reviews are coming out of it. And it is an interesting device. It's, uh, from a design perspective, it's, it's very uh, clean. Like, it feels like a very shiny device. It's extremely shiny. Uh, from at least from the photos uh, of the, uh, they have, it's like a very reflective device. Uh, very flat uh, on the back. Uh, I see uh, not much uh, bump, not a lot of bumps. Yeah, there's no uh, camera bumps. It's uh, ceramic on the back, titanium on the sides, and glass on the front, which is an interesting set of materials. Yeah, uh, it looks it looks extremely good. Uh, if if you like this sort of design, the bezels bezels are minimal, obviously, as is the trend these days. Uh, it it looks nice. It has mostly stock Android. Uh, the the little thing at the top where the the screen cutout uh, is is not really noticeable in daily use because Android doesn't really use that part of the screen. So yeah. Uh, uh, so for context, there's a uh, imagine in the notification shade, right? Like the notification bar. Uh, in the middle of it, there'd be a cutout for a camera because the screen is edge to edge. So it looks like a little Cyclops eye. Um, they essentially, they uh, customize Android a little bit to make it so that um, nothing will go there. Um, so the status bar is a little thicker than usual just to compensate for the size of the camera. And in most apps, from what I've seen, it will it will um, extend the content there, right? It won't be like a, it won't, it won't break any apps. So in Google Maps, you could still have the uh, full screen sort of view, right? It's like the same on iOS, right? Where it's transparent in the uh, status bar so you can see. So the map just kind of extends out for a full bleed image. Um, it does that for most apps. Some apps will break with it. There's an MKBHD video where you're going to have in the show notes. Uh, and there's a couple of Reddit apps that will have like a black bar in between the status bar and the app content just because they haven't been updated to support this uh, edge-to-edge display. But for the most part, all the Google apps and uh, some of the most popular apps will work fine with it. Yeah, this is mostly running stock Android, as I mentioned earlier. So that is obviously good. Uh, if, if, if there is, uh, how, how often they're going to be updating the phone, we don't know about that. That, that is sort of like a good thing to see out of the box. Uh, so edge-to-edge screen, Android is mostly stock, uh, decent battery life. Uh, the bad stuff, well, uh, We'll start off with the biggest sort of uh, like sort of thing that is special about this phone is the is the module system that uh, Essential is is trying to make a thing like it's it's a it's a system that they want to make uh, open uh, like uh, make it available to everybody else so they can uh, so they use it in their devices uh, and this is a new brand new brand a brand new company uh, trying to make uh, their first phone with. Uh, brand new standard of uh, module so it's like it's an unproven system so but it's interesting how they're doing it though right so it's essentially how they do it is uh there's two pins on the back of the device they're magnetic they also provide power but uh these modules attach wirelessly right so they're not plugged into the device the power the pins are just to keep lock it into place and to provide power to the accessory itself and the, the they're powered over a wireless connection but it's it's a USB approach to wireless data. So there's essentially, it's an open standard for anyone to do it, right? It's not using some proprietary form of data transferring. Um, I do not know enough about the USB standard to know how wireless USB works or did not even know that was a thing 
but uh, maybe it's just review trying to phrase it in a way that makes sense to regular consumers. So I'm essentially assuming that they're, uh, God, no essential puns. <laughs> that's, that's, we get one essential pun. But I'm, I'm assuming that they are, it's just, it's just transferring data over US, uh, some sort of USB. I don't, because it's explicitly states it's not Bluetooth or Wi Fi. So I guess there's some kind of wireless USB transmitter in the device itself. And yeah, uh, the, I believe the USB spec has stuff for wireless transfers. Uh, I mean, the protocol would work over wireless. Like it's, it's like maybe some weird, like I've never heard, like this is like unusual because like, I don't think anything else does this, like uh, anything like mainstream anyway. Uh, well, what about the mice? Think about like uh, wireless USB mice, right? Not the Bluetooth ones, but like a Logitech mouse. It has that little receiver. Right, the is receiver that, that's does, a, does, is the receiver Bluetooth or how? how yes, is... I think the receivers are Bluetooth. Yes, uh, the USB is just an interface to connect to the computer. So the so the so the USB bit you plug into your computer on a on a wireless mouse would be a Bluetooth receiver. I mean, actually, I'm not entirely sure if it's Bluetooth. Uh, it depends on the uh, mouse as well. Uh, some of them are actually like proper Bluetooth. I think. I'm actually this is this is actually an interesting question. I'm gonna to have to actually look into this. Like I wanna follow the I'm gonna do a follow-up on this. Uh Christian, please remind me, but uh, I wanna do a follow-up on how USB uh works with like stuff like the mice uh or stuff like the essential phone. Uh, is there like a specific wireless spec uh as part of the USB uh spec? Uh I just wanna this is uh, this got me curious because I'm not actually sure on this. So we'll have to come back to that, but yeah, but essentially it's a god. <laughs> sorry, I I'm not trying to make fun. Oh, it is it is it's an open approach, though, right? So um, you don't have to pay any licensing fees because you're not using any proprietary technology. It's it's apparently a part of the USB spec, so anyone can build their own uh device, a modular little add-on for the phone. Um, there's the only only one module. Yeah, there's only one module uh, right now. The it's a camera. It's a camera module. A three D. Uh. 360s rather a 360 degree camera uh, which which works i guess i mean it, it does work it works uh, seamlessly connected and it launches an app where you can do 360 photos and videos uh that's it basically uh, i mean the there's one disadvantage in the verge review uh um, yeah there's one thing that we forgot to mention the camera is uh disappointing uh according to the verge review anyway uh, it's it's not as good as other phones in this price range, like the Pixel, uh, Pixel XL. We had a seven hundred dollar phone, right? You're competing against the Galaxy S8, the Pixel, and the iPhone, and especially when the next Pixel, uh, as we're gonna talk about with uh, some Samsung stuff later, and the next iPhone are very soon to, soon to be released. Um, if it, if you can't hold up with last generation's phone, it doesn't bode well for this being a good phone in the long run. If a camera is something you care about that much, right? Um, I think that this phone, though, is geared more towards enthusiasts because uh, Andy Rubin's running it. It's going to get updates. Like, this is, I will, I will eat, like, a sock if this phone does not get updates in a consistent manner because it's Andy Rubin who is, he created Android, right? Like, that would just be a slap in the face to everything if this phone didn't get updated in a consistent basis. So that we can assume. Yeah. But like, the thing is, like, I, I did buy the Nexus 5 for, more, for so much desire for camera like, i don't take that many photos but like i do value like the good camera in the in the iphones uh that i have so far like this iphone 6 
Uh, 6 Plus uh, was obviously a very good camera. iPhone 7 Plus is also an extremely good camera. Uh, so I like I don't take a lot of photos, but it is still important to me for that the phone have a second like, like it doesn't have to be like like perfect all the time, but like most of the time when I think I'm not an advanced user of the camera, uh, so I just like point and shoot most of the time, and uh, for that uh, that has to be good like that that is important. Well, the the thing about like the iPhone, the Pixel, and the Samsung cameras is that they're good cameras for like if you want to get um, tricky shots. But that trickles down to it being a low effort camera, right? Like it, when, when, when it's good in terms of like difficult situations and low light and all that, that translates to me being able to not frame a shot the best, take a photo of it and still knowing that I'm going to get a serviceable, a usable, a good photo out of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like if, for taking quick photos when I'm out, out and about, uh, the, it's, it's like I just point at the thing and shoot and it, it, it's fast, it's, it's, it's fluid, it's, it's, there's no, I'm not waiting for the photo because oh lord i remember the nexus 5 had it was bad uh it's slow the camera was bad uh i bought it because it had stock android otherwise it's the camera is terrible but yes the battery life is extreme also extremely bad uh, nexus 5 had a lot had problems that were significant but i didn't care at the time uh but right now i do care more about taking uh these like as, as i said like photos that are like serviceable like uh when, I, when i'm just taking a photo quickly so, so that is actually a sort of fairly big downside personally. So I don't know. Like if this is an enthusiast phone, and yes, some enthusiasts care less about the quality of the camera than, than others. So this is entirely a sort of a personal preference. This is like a it's like a phone for people who buy OnePlus phones, right? It's like I feel like it's the same market, the same kind of consumers who they're going after, right? See, so see, the thing is, uh, with enthusiasts at this price range, it doesn't have the advantage that OnePlus does at the price. Uh, so OnePlus, we, the OnePlus the newest ones is similar prices. It's like fifty dollars less, maybe a hundred dollars if you get like the lowest spec version of it. You're still in the same ballpark. It's still you can still get an iPhone or a S8 or the Pixel Two when that comes out soon, right? Like it's, it, you're not. The thing about this phone is it's just uh, it's missing like the be- the most important bits right like it's 2017 you got to have a good camera if your camera isn't as good as the s8 or the iphone then what, what are you doing and also too it's like not waterproof right yeah yeah i mean yeah that is that is now also uh sort of a marketing point uh obviously ip68 is, is something that you want at, the, at a phone at this price range uh if this was a cheaper phone nobody would care but uh this is this is also a 700 dollars phone which uh, which would mean that people would want stuff like waterproofing, stuff like uh, a, de- a, a good camera. The, the other thing, the last thing that I want to mention before we move on uh, is there is no headphone jack. And now, personally, I don't have a problem with this. Uh, I, I have iPhone 7 Plus. I've, I bought it fully aware that it didn't have a headphone jack. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't, I use the dongle. Uh, I don't have a problem. Uh, it's, it's not really a big deal for me. Personally, but uh, people might like this is this is like r slash Android uh, sort of talk. Uh, it's not popular over there to not have a headphone jack, and I, I just think that it's a trend. Like the trend is going towards three point five millimeter jack going away. It's, I don't think it's coming back. Like I don't think it's it's gonna be around for much longer in, uh, in phones going forward. I think it's we're gonna move to these USB Type C uh, connectors for audio uh, and other other. Di- Yes, our our better Bluetooth five is on the on the way. Uh, I would imagine next generation of phones will have 
uh, Bluetooth 5, which brings a lot of improvements. So Bluetooth audio is getting better. It's still it's still a bit janky, uh, but it's it's getting there. Yeah, it's only it's only good if you have like an like uh, the W1 chip and the AirPods and the newest Beats ones. Actually, can I talk about AirPods for a minute? Yeah. Let's let's. I just wanted to a quick sidebar. I picked up a pair of AirPods because it's like uh it's like a Nintendo Switch, right? Whenever you go like near an Apple store, it's always like maybe they'll have one in stock. Let's just stop by and ask them. And the dude was like, "Yeah, we just got one in today." And I was like, "Damn it!" So I bought a pair of AirPods, and they are great. Um, not only because of the like ease of use for them, right? So you pair them to your phone, it shows up on your Mac, shows up on your Apple Watch, shows up on like your Apple TV as the devices you could switch to in the volume menu without you doing anything, which is just amazing, right? And it's it takes all the difficulty or like not the difficulty but the pain out of pairing Bluetooth devices with um, seamless switching, and also as well, it's just like the sound quality from it is they're they're earbuds, so you can only get so much sound quality right they are better than regular earpods they are the battery lasts three hours for me for the actual buds themselves and then there's like a little floss looking thing you just throw in them to charge them um i never run out of battery on them it's you can double tap them to activate siri to play pause music which is kind of futuristic like those whole entire side gestures something i'll never i understand how it works but the fact that it works so well is really cool um, it does something which all headphones should do. If you take out one headphone and you resume playback, it forces stereo output out of the out of the earbud that's left in your ear. Ooh, that is that is interesting. I know it pauses. I think it pauses too, right? Yeah, yeah. You pull it out. I pause it. Say, for example, I just leave the earbud down and I go to my phone and manually resume playback. It will essentially force stereo output out of that one earbud that's in my ear left, so I'm not missing anything, which is like. The fact that no other headphones do that now, or earbuds at the very least, make me like question everything because it's such a simple thing, right? Yeah, that is that is very cool. I'm I'm just like every time you mention the AirPod, I'm like this. All of this sounds extremely good. Like I want all of this. I it just the AirPod design, the AirPod design that Apple uses. Uh, I'm sort of in the minority here, but it is unfortunate that it, they don't work for me physically. Like I can't leave them in. The, uh, at least in one year, it falls out, and the other year is just painful uh, to keep them in for long periods of time. Uh, so it's it's unfortunate because these are all very good features, uh, like for an ear, but that is like very portable. Obviously, uh, like decent battery life. You know, like all these cool features. Like I'm, I'm just like, if they had a different, maybe they release some like IEMs or I don't know, like this, like a different physical design. But yeah, hopefully with the next revision, they. They do uh, touch on on the design and release like a separate version for people because it's that's been an, all the reviews I've read. Right, like the Verge review, the guy was like, "These are great. They work really well, but I just can't wear them." And like that's sad because everyone should enjoy these AirPods because they're so good and they work so well. The thing is, like, I usually have I have one pair of headphones that I use. Uh, my uh, BNO uh, H6 Second Edition. Uh, I mean, they're they're amazing. They're they're. Uh, they're really good. Go read Mark Harmon's uh, review on it. But uh, it, like, they're not like portable. Like, they're light. They, I enjoy them a lot, and they're like portable as much as like on your headphones can get. Like, so like if I want to just like grab like a quick pair of headphones, just walk out the door. Uh, that's it's not as easy. So like, I want something that's more portable for if I go outside. I don't want to carry like the big, a sort of relatively bigger uh, piano headphones. So 
yeah, I'm, it's unfortunate that I can't wear them because it's, it's good. Uh, so moving on from our, our little sidebar on the on the AirPods, uh, we're going to be talking about another phone that was just announced. Actually, uh, just uh, just as like just before we record this, it was announced uh, the Galaxy Samsung Galaxy Note Eight. Uh, Christian, you want to talk about this for a little bit? I want I want to talk about the event first and. Like, not anything wild that happened at the event, but how low-key it was. Like, it's still Samsung, so they're going to have, like, real weird marketing speak for half of it, right? But nothing wild, you know? They didn't have any orchestras. They didn't have any, like, movie stars. They didn't have Michael Bay walking off stage. They didn't have any refrigerators. They didn't have any washing machines, you know? It was just phone stuff. Like, so, like, maybe, like, the... The oddest thing they might have done is that they like opened up by essentially just having a bunch of fans talk about how much they love the note devices with the uh with no mention of if they're paid or not, which is always interesting. <laughs> As I wondered, are those people real fans or were they paid actors? Is something we, they, they should have like at least disclosed that. But um they they also own the narrative that they are sorry that the last one blew up and they promise that this one won't blow up. Which I thought is very interesting. I honestly kind of expected them to sweep that under the rug, like maybe a passing mention of a new battery testing suite. But no, that's the air, that's a narrative they owned. Is like we uh, we ruined things last year, but now we're coming back better than ever. And honestly, like before we talk about the phone, like one more thing on the event, like it was a good event. Like maybe the Dex demo was a little like not great. Like who cares about Dex? But like they talked about the phone, they talked about the features. Like, maybe they, it still doesn't have the polish of a Microsoft or an Apple event. But then again, like, you only get so many Panos Panayas and so many, like, uh, Johnny Ives, right? Johnny Ives doesn't present at Apple. Well, he does he the videos, does. though. He does yeah, he does the videos, but he doesn't present. Uh, Phil Scheller? No, not Phil Scheller. No, Phil, it's, uh, no, no, Phil Scheller does the iPhone ones. Tim Cook, Phil Scheller. And then if they talk about software, it's going to be Eddie Q. Eddie Q, yeah. Craig, Craig Federighi. Craig Federighi for the Mac OS stuff. Uh, but yes, uh, this event was very understated. Uh, it started off with uh, DJ Cow uh, with a with a with a, like the the key word that the, I kept hearing was loyalty. Like they were uh, they were thanking uh, Note Note fans for like uh, being loyal to sort of uh, like the brand and like for like staying with it, staying with the product, being so like you know, big fans. And no, the no definitely has its very strong uh, fans, as we all know. Uh, we talked about the fandom edition. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna bring that up again, but uh, um, what was hold on? But while we're talking about fans, what was the name of it? Was it the Samsung Warriors from Google Plus? What was the name? Oh my god, I can't remember. I I I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the exact. Uh, it was a group on Google Plus that would post like pro Samsung propaganda. It was so good. I think it was the Samsung Warriors. I might have been the, the, the Note Knights. The Samsung Knights. Yeah. Samsung Knights. Yeah, I think it was Samsung Knights. Oh, my uh, God. This is so... Um, I'm, another sidebar, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like... Uh, Samsung definitely has its uh, fan base, I think. Uh, especially for the Note. Uh, and, yeah, the event was, like... They started out with the loyalty thing. They, the device. Okay, let's, let's move on to the device itself. Uh, it's the bezels are basically gone. It's it's a big big screen. The S Pen is here, obviously. Uh, virtual home button, right? So it's like essentially take the front of the of the S eight. Um, it's not as tapered on the edges. It's a little there's a little less of a uh, curve, just so you have more of a drawing space for the pen and all that. 
And the screen's bigger. The bezels are even smaller, uh, right, for their so-called infinity display. And it it looks nice. It is. Like, uh, when, during the keynote, uh, there was a demo where they, they had, a, like, a close-up of the screen. And it is, it is it's a very nice screen. Uh, even from the stream, I could see, like, it's, it's a very vivid-looking uh, nice display. Uh, Samsung has always been very good. Uh, displays. This is this is not a new thing. Samsung has been good at displays this, since the first Galaxy phone. Uh, their displays are all, always phenomenal. Uh, so th- it's not surprised that the Note 8 is like a top of the line sort of really big, really tall display rather. Uh, so they got rid of the bezel. It's the same size, right, as the iPhone 7 Plus. I think are like uh, it's smaller than an iPhone 7 Plus. I think it's around there, but it's it's almost like it's way more screen than you get in a 7 Plus, right? But I think it's smaller. It's bigger than a 7, than the 7, but it's smaller than the uh, 7 Plus, which is just really, like, it's not a huge phone. Like, when you think about it, it's, like, the, one of the smallest notes they've made in terms of full, like, actual body size, but it has, like, the largest screen, which is just amazing. So, uh, base 6 gigs of RAM, uh, 64 gigs of storage. There is a micro SD slot. Uh... Two rear cameras, and now to the two rear cameras, both of them have OIS, which is which Samsung was very proud to mention is like a first in the industry. Uh, that is certainly quite quite something, I suppose. And both cameras having OIS is something. We'll see how it how that works out in, in when the reviews come out. Uh, but yes, it has one uh, f one point seven twelve megapixel uh, wide angle camera. And the other one is the f two point four twelve megapixel uh, telephoto camera. So one for doing like wide shots, and then like one for zoom. You have two x optical zoom telephoto. Uh, there's also the iris scanning. They keep bringing that back. Uh, they keep that in. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a very good biometric option, but that's, that's that. I mean, it's uh, it's getting better. Like hopefully, it's as fast as Windows Hello. Because I mean, every everything's going to iris scanning, but uh, it has a three thousand three hundred milliamp hour battery. But it, it's smaller than the S eight plus because it ha- they have to fit in the uh, S pen. So that is a sacrifice you have to make, I think. But three hundred milliamp hour hours is is not really significant. But also too, they probably didn't want to go too big just to uh, avoid the explosion issue rate. Like they were probably going conservative on battery for for good reasons. Like I don't, I'm not I'm not judging them for it, right? It makes sense why you why you want to go smaller on the battery this time. And it's yeah, the 300 milliamp hour difference is not significant. Like you won't notice that at all uh, in day to day usage. Uh, the device has uh, waterproofing, so IP68, water and dust uh, ingress protection. Uh, it's the Note it isn't shipping with Android 8. That's to be expected, I think, because it, this was probably, like, it would probably get updated to Android 8 probably very quickly, but uh, it, it's shipping with Android 7.1.1. Yeah, and the, uh, the fingerprint sensor is still in the terrible position, probably even harder to reach now. Yeah, and there's yeah, two cameras to smudge, I suppose. Uh, and they have, new, they have three, four color options, Midnight Black, some gray some royal blue and some like yellow gold thing they all look nice they're nice colors i like them all yeah the midnight black is i like the really blue nice. i like the royal blue and the charcoal one as well also one last thing before we sort of close off today uh they're they are offering uh a significant discount uh for people who still have a note 7 or it's not if you were to have owned a note 7 it's if you returned one through samsung right because samsung had an exchange program 
uh, like where they would do that. So if you did it through Samsung, they'll give you up to $425 off a Note 8, which is just under half price. I want to say a Note probably goes around $800, 800 and something with change rate. So that's a really it's a significant discount. Right. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it'll be on sale from Samsung on September 15th. So they're selling it, obviously, unlocked. Uh, pre-orders are opening August 24th. Uh, you know, if you buy before September 24th, you get stuff like uh, you either get a 360 camera or a 128 gig memory card or a fa- and fast wireless charger. Yeah, and it's uh, so this is just like, I like this phone. Like if this is the Android phone, if you're going to buy an Android phone and you... Let me, let me rephrase this. If you're going to buy an Android phone and stock Android doesn't matter you as much, and you know what? I am going to say it now. There is a case to be made that the Note could not exist with stock Android. The pen would just be useless, right? Like, this is one of the few phones that you do not, that stock Android would not be a better choice for. No, yes, definitely. Uh, I would say that the Note would be the only phone that I, like, sort of, like, understand why it is not as close to stock Android as it is. Uh it, it it definitely the S Pen is a key feature, like it's a vital feature to this phone. Like uh, Samsung kept mentioning it, uh, mentioning the creativity angle, creative like how productive you can be with the pen, uh, how they're working with partners uh, to improve like you know, like like the deck stuff with it, and like it's 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 all like the pen is a, pen is to pardon a pun essential uh, to this device. Uh, that was a bad pun, wasn't it? That was terrible. I, I give you a gold star for trying to make a joke. You you tried. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, you're still wrong about not liking Oreos. But um, yeah, though, this this device, I'm interested in it. I don't think I'm going to switch from iOS just because uh, I'm, I'm now like hashtag locked into the Apple ecosystem for better or worse. So, but definitely with, uh, there, there's good phones now. Like the essential phone is not, essential phone, this is a better de- device than the essential phone, just for the fact that we already know the cameras would be good. It's a better, it's, they improved on the camera of the S8, and S8 already had an amazing camera. So unless they somehow managed to like mess up their algorithm for taking photos, which I doubt they did, because it's mostly just like optical image, optic image, image stabilization, if I can speak, wow. And a couple little other tweaks on the second camera and all that stuff. So I doubt that the camera's going to be any worse, still going to be better. Like, this is the phone to get if you want something with a pen. If you want something, uh, if you don't want a pen, I would say get the next Pixel. If you want iOS, get an iPhone. If you want Windows Phone, LOL Windows Phone. Um, but like, there's good choices out there, and I'm happy. Yeah, this is definitely a very sort of like the pen is obviously like if you're buying this phone, you probably have a desire to use the pen, or you just want a device that's like, like it's like extremely like like powerful, obviously. Uh, Latest latest specs, uh, the to dual if you like the dual camera thing, uh, with the double OIS, uh, the screen. This is it's gonna be beautiful, I would imagine. So yeah, this is this is an extremely high end device. If you like the highest, if you want to buy a really high end Android phone, this is probably one of the highest end Android phones you can get. Uh, so that's the Galaxy Note Eight. Uh, this this week has been very phone heavy. You can always contact us with feedback about my Oreo or lack thereof of Oreo uh, experience, I suppose. Uh, contact at Two Shades of Brown is our email address. You can also find me on Mastodon at staticsdavidmastodon.zombocloud.com. Uh, and Christian? Um, you can find me on Mastodon at C-C-O-L-O-C-H-O at C-Y-B-R-E dot space. Um, 
we're uh, just uh, maintenance news, I guess, or uh, network news. There's a uh, new ad read that you guys heard earlier in the show. Um, I am accepting feedback on how you thought I did. Uh, ad reads are much more difficult. But also as well, also as well, um, I want to make that Patreon of the week thing a uh, reoccurring um, bit. So if you have your own Patreon, if you have your own LibrePay or Kofi or whatever, uh, please contact me on Mastodon or feedback email works just the same. Uh, and I will definitely want to work out something with you to um, get you featured because I think using using the platform I have to help elevate others is definitely important. Yeah, uh, definitely send us that, send that in, uh, send it in the contact email or via Mastodon if you prefer. Uh, with that, goodbye. Bye.